0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit, it's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own, strong, advanced and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Yes, yes, yes. College football, week four is damn near in the books. We're finishing up Troy versus BYU. But today, it really, it felt like college football was back. I, I do not care that this season is as crazy as it is. The COVID, opt-outs, late starts, it felt like college football. It was an exciting day of college football. It was an exciting day for those of us in Debbie Leagues and Campus DeCanton Leagues. And it should have been an exciting day for those of us in traditional dynasty leagues because we got a glimpse of some of the potential talent that could be a part of the 2021 NFL Draft class. And I just have to say, I have to say this, but being involved with the Patreon community, with Destination Devi, makes college football weekends just great. It makes football really fun. I mean, just being able to engage with people who are just as degenerate level as you are as far as the college football space and how this plays into Dynasty and the conversations, the strategy, the strategic level thinking that takes place When we're discussing these players, these players as potential hold candidates, these players as potential sales, cutoff points in the rookie draft, where would we value these tight ends and tight end premium leagues? What quarterback should we be keying late, you know, outside of the big three guys that we normally talk about? I mean, it literally... Just makes watching football fun. So I just have to give a huge shout out to all the squad members, all the patrons of Destination Debbie. Appreciate you for making football Saturdays and football Sundays better for all of us. And it was better for all of us as collegiate football fans that the SEC was back. We got to see Georgia and Alabama and Florida and LSU and Auburn amongst the teams in the Big 12 who were already performing. This was just a great a great weekend of college football, and it's hard to start anywhere, anywhere, besides Death Valley and what happened uh, with the LSU defending national champion Tigers and I do not want to hear a single soul talk about how many players they lost the LSU Tigers that is I don't want to hear it their second teamers can be first teamers hell some of their third team guys could be first team players at different division one institutions across the country and granted they lost a tremendous amount of talent, but it's LSU. I don't want to hear it. You're defending champs. You're at home. And I know at home at Death Valley is not the same as it normally is. I do understand that. And maybe, maybe Mississippi State was a little bit underrated coming into this game. LSU were 14 and a half point favorites. And Mississippi State, it just Mike Leach does it again. He did it at Texas Tech. He was able to do it at Washington State and he brings this air raid offense down south to the SEC and absolutely annihilates LSU. I mean, absolute destruction. KJ Costello, the transfer quarterback from Stanford, who I had a lot of question marks about. I'm going to be honest. I did not think that he was a legitimate NFL quarterback, and and I do not just mean a first-round pick. I just mean an NFL pick, period, you know, uh, enough to warrant us to pay attention to for Debian Dynasty Leagues. And all he went out there and did was set the SEC single-game passing record. I mean, think about that, people. Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, the Alabama quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, Tim Tebow. I mean, we can go down the list, and that's just recently. He sets the all-time passing mark with 623 passing yards in the game 623 (laughs) again i don't care that lsu lost a bunch of players you take your madden put it on pro five minute quarters and try to pass for 600 yards you you can't do it in madden and if you do, you're airing it every single time, which they pretty much did. They had a grand total of 16 carries, which KJ Costello had five of them himself. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he they didn't run the ball, all right? They didn't run the ball. Kylan Hill, running back, who some people are quite high on. Me coming into this season, I was pretty low on Kylan Hill based off of what I saw on tape last year and then some information that I received uh, from some people about a a draft grade that he was given. But he went out there and looked better in Mike Leach's offense than Max Borgie ever did. Eight catches, 158 yards, one TD, only seven carries, 34 yards. But is the lead, man. Six, 23, five touchdowns and two picks. 44 to 34. And... Mississippi State seemed to be in control of that game the, the entire time, outside of a couple of bad plays by Costello. It, it wasn't close. Osiris Mitchell, this guy comes out of nowhere. I had to look him up. Who the hell is this number five? six foot five, two 210 pounds, seven catches, 183 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, he will be added to the Destination Debbie Data database as a 2021 NFL Draft prospect at the wide receiver position. He will be added. He looked fantastic. Kylan Hill looked good. KJ Costello needs to move up in my rankings there. I've got work to do. Now that football is back back, and it's only going to continue to get more busy for Destination Debbie and for old GQ over here, but that's okay. I love it. I love it. Gas me up, baby. Gas me up. But Mississippi State, definitely performer of the week. KJ Costello. There's nobody else that I would put in this position. And then when you flip it to the LSU side, Miles Brennan finishes the day with 345, three touchdowns, two picks, but he just, he didn't look good. He didn't look good. And granted, he had the shoe of all shoes to fill in Joe Burrow, but he just didn't look good. Chris Curry didn't look good. I was excited for him early, game scripted out. He was second in the team in carries behind Tyrion Davis-Price, who didn't look good. Terrace Marshall looks like a freak, which I've talked about on the show multiple times, so nothing to be surprised about. He's a stud, fast riser. He's probably going to move up the ranks, but Miles Brennan didn't look good. Eric Gilbert looked great. He's going to be a problem. He looks like a wide receiver, you know, Kyle Pitts Jr., but probably better. (laughs) That's how good he is. God, 2023. We could wait, but... It's going to be a really good class, but Mississippi State, I mean, what they did today versus that LSU team, fantastic job by the Bulldogs and KJ Costello looked, looked fantastic, you know, and another quarterback from the SEC who I've talked about on this show multiple times, who I've talked about on Twitter multiple times as potentially being Joe Burrow Light with his production this season really working his way up to being a top five quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft class. And Kyle Trask did absolutely nothing to make me think otherwise. He was outstanding today and he had about five or six passes dropped by wide receivers. And I mean, flat out drops, but 416 passing yards, six TDs, zero interceptions. I mean, he was money, pocket mechanics. What he did from the pocket his arm strength, decision-making touch He showed it all very, I I don't think I was impressed by a player more than Kyle Trask uh, today. And he was throwing to the best tight end in the country, which again, no surprise to anybody who listens to the show, anybody that rocks with Destination Debbie, any of the patrons, Kyle Pitts, eight for 170 and four touchdowns long as 71. That's a tight end folks taking stuff 71 yards to the house. He's really a wide receiver masking and tight end body, but Kyle Pitts is just—he—he's ridiculous. And when you're talking about tight end premium leagues uh, for 2021, 1.5 a reception, 1.75 even in two points, yeah, two points per reception for the tight end Kyle Pitts is a top eight pick. He's that good. He's that good. And I understand that historically rookie tight ends don't come in and produce. The day that he hears his name, Kyle, he's a top 10 dino tight end. When Commissioner Goodell is getting out the it's, the it's, he's got the, but he's got to get the it's out. He's a top 10 dino tight end. And somebody said, hot take, not really. I mean, he's that freaking good. He's that talented. He's that much of a mismatch nightmare. He is that explosive. He's that refined. A game-changing type player who's going to be taken in the first round of the NFL draft. Kyle Pitts out outstanding Saturday for Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, and on the other side of the ball, oh my gosh, you will never see a quieter ten-reception, two hundred and twenty-seven-yard day than Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. I mean, he looked, he looks like the second coming of of, of slot Jesus out there. I mean, no touchdowns, but he just was getting whatever he wanted, getting open at will, burning Florida defensive backs down the field. Jerry on Ely looked good. Matt Corral had his moments. I thought it was a wrap for him. I thought it was John Reese Plumley. They had him playing damn running back, wide receiver. So, Matt Corral, I mean, you know, he was a highly touted high school kid. Who sort of you know it's it's been a it's been a slow ride for him, but he he showed some promise in that game as well. But you know nothing nothing to write home about, nothing to get too too excited about right now. There is cause for concern in Norman, Oklahoma. Not any concern for me over the quarterback who kind of took college football by storm last week, and Spencer Rattler wasn't his best game. He's a freshman, folks, a redshirt freshman. 387 yards is fantastic, four TDs, three interceptions, not good. One of them was, you know, end of the game, they were trying to come back, forcing passes, but he's got, he's got some things to work on, right? The arm talent is there. Keaton Slovis nor Sam Howell have a better just raw arm talent than Spencer Rattler, what he can do with the ball, where he can place it, the different platforms that he can throw off of. No, there's no quarterback in the 2022 class that can throw the ball like Rattler. Everything with him is just mental. It's 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 reps, it's repetition, it's time, it's experience. It's continuing to work. That's, that's all there is with Rattler. We all know, based off his Netflix series, he's a very confident kid, very confident young man. But he's going to have to channel some of that, reel it back in, Continue to grow, continue to learn. And Oklahoma, offensively, they should learn from this game. They should learn to get Seth McGowan the ball more because he's better than TJ Pledger. I know he had a couple of nice runs, but McGowan is just a different cat, man. Austin Stogner had a good game, 83 yards. Not a big game from Charleston Rambo. Five for 30, disappointing. Marvin Mims is a future star for Oklahoma. So, you know... The, the the OU side definitely a shocker when they were favored by, I believe it was twenty-eight points to lose to Kansas State. Deuce Vaughn, the five foot five, five foot six running back, tearing him up through the air and on the ground. Skyler Thompson just has a day every time he plays against Oklahoma. You know, as far as NFL draft purposes, there really isn't anything on the K-State side to ride home about. And then we get to the Alabama Crimson Tide, who just kind of went off uh just finished up against Missouri. It was good to see that they got the young kid Bryce Young in the game, who looks like he's going to be the real deal when the time comes for him to take over from Mac Jones, who had a fantastic game. And Mac Jones has got something to say about that fourth, fifth quarterback spot as well. Mac Jones, two touchdowns, two forty nine passing, very efficient, eighteen for twenty four. That's what he does. He's like a he's like a maybe a more talented version of AJ McCarron. He's going to be drafted. And he's going to be a a good backup. Who, if if he's forced to play, could probably win you some games in the NFL. But I don't think he's a franchise changing player. I don't believe he's somebody who's going to move the needle in dynasty. Bryce Young definitely has those tools. But Najee Harris, folks, I, I just you know, seventeen carries, ninety eight yards, three touchdowns. The 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 stat line is not going to scream. Oh my gosh. But just watching him take the ball and and run, it's evident. It is clear that this dude is just built for Sundays. He looked great. Jalen Waddle looked great. Devonta Smith looked great. Waddle and Smith both had eight catches. Smith eighty nine yards. Waddle one thirty four and two ridiculous grabs down the field just speed on speed on speed on top of speed Devonta Smith looks like he put on a little weight man I'm not going to say he bulked up you know Devonta Smith is not the, the definition of bulk but he did look like he he does look like he put on some weight which is which is good for him moving forward he's got you know a little, little bit of weight on him, a little bit of weight will help Devonta Smith But Alabama's just good, man. Dylan Moses is a stud. Patrick Sertan. they just have a really, really good team with a ton of NFL draft prospects on both sides of the ball. Najee Harris is the best running back in the country, folks. Listen, listen. I don't tell you guys to listen to me much, or maybe I do, but I don't tell you about players and and listen to me on said player. Najee's who you want. I I know ETN is the more explosive player, is the flashier one, rips off the 90-yard runs. But Najee's game is built for the NFL. He is built for that type of football. He is not going to be relegated to maybe a satellite plus back role. He is not going to come off of the field. He will be in on the goal line situations. He can catch the ball in the backfield. What he can do at his size, 6'2", 230, his footwork, his lateral quickness, his agility, shouldn't be able to do that. He should not be able to do that. Najee Harris is an absolute monster, the best running back in the nation and the best running back in the 2021 NFL Draft class. Now, Miami versus Florida State was no game at all. Oh boy. I, I'm I'm gonna start with Florida State. They are just they are bad. They that is a bad football team. You know, Mike Norvell comes in and and hopefully we're turning stuff around and it's early, right? It's only two games into the season, but the offensive line is horrible. The offense, oh my god. James Blackman, I feel like he's been at Florida State for years now, like a lot of years, not just two or three. He's got to go. He is just, he's not, he's not a good quarterback, man. And it's hurting that entire offense. Tamarion Terry was non-existent, non-existent. Don't even believe he had a target in the game. And somebody, I heard that he was injured coming in, but he was on the field because when I saw him playing, he was getting jammed up by defensive backs and trying to choke defensive backs out after he slaps their helmet off. I mean, it just was a bad look, screaming on the sidelines, I get it. He wants to be involved. This is a rivalry game. A lot of these players went to rival high schools. They played on the same team. It's Miami. It's versus Florida State. This is this is a big time game, even though it's early in the season. So I know he wants to win. But when things aren't going your way, you can't you can't have a pissing pissing fit, man. You gotta you gotta suck it up and and do what you can do with the opportunities given to you to try to help your team win. So it's just been disappointing to to Tamari Ontario's start of this season. It's just, you know, uh, I talk about I talked about how this season will give so many players an opportunity to shine. One of the things that I really had not touched on that is a big oversight on my part is conversely how this season can affect some players that we thought very highly of, and it's affecting players like Tamari Ontario and and listen. It's affecting a player like Chupa Hubbard. I know he had 100 yards again today, but he did that on 22 carries, and he didn't look as explosive as L.D. Brown. I mean, he did when he scored that touchdown. It's Chupa Hubbard. He's got got elite speed, but, you know, what's good for the goose? How's that saying go? Good for the goose, good for the gander, not good for the gander, good for the goose, whatever the hell it is. You know what I'm trying to say. The same way this season can help people, it can hurt. And right now it's hurting to Mario Terry. It is not hurting anybody on Miami. Derek King is looking legit. Cam Harris, another game. I know 12 for 43, two touchdowns, but he just, he just, he's good. He's good. He's my RB5 in the 2021 class right now. I know Journey Brown may have something to say about that here shortly, and I hope so. He's a good player. Right now, Cam Harris moved up to RB5. Don Chaney, Knighton, they've got they've got running backs galore coming next year and the years after. Brevin Jordan, another touchdown from this tight end, and with Pat Fryermuth sitting out right now, you know it's hard not to say Brevin Jordan is not the uh, is not the tight end too. After after Kyle Pitts, it's hard to it's hard to deny him that kind of uh that kind of praise because he's been absolutely outstanding looking just like a, an absolute playmaker and different difference maker position. So check it out, right? I really was wanting to see Seth Williams and Bo Nix take a step forward this season because the talent is there. Bo Nix was a highly rated recruit. We know that Seth Williams is able to do it, the wide receiver position. I wanted to see them take a step forward. And early in the game, Kentucky versus Auburn, Bo Nix was looking like he just, it wasn't good. Bo Nix was looking like he just kind of stayed the same, and then he got his stride together, and he and Seth Williams made beautiful magic a couple of times. Seth Williams is a beast. I've got him ranked ninth right now in the 2021 class. That will be updated. I believe I had him sixth at one point, move some players around, but now that we actually have have actionable data, you know, game film market share in game. It's time to move Seth Williams up. He's just, he's a guy that's not going to run crisp routes. He's not going to test like some Jalen Waddle type athlete. He's not going to be able to get separation like a Devonta Smith. But when the ball is in his vicinity, it is me and Carter Dominic were kind of joking around the day um, on Twitter. And he said, he turns 50-50 balls and 80-20 balls. And I'm like, 90-10 balls. And he's like, 99-1. And I'm like, yes, yes, he's that good. Seth Williams is good. And Bo Nix, Bo Nix looked good. Bo Nix looked good. Three touchdowns, 233 passing, calmed down, settled down in the game, and and was making it happen. So, you know, when you're talking about players off of this team, that can impact our rookie draft. Seth Williams is definitely one of those fringe first round draft picks in the 2021 NFL draft class. And he may be one of those players that falls to the second round, providing you with tremendous value if and when that happens. And I'm not going to go game by game through every single player, every single game. We're trying to hit on the NFL draft prospects, right? The guys that are going to be or potentially be scoring us fantasy points sooner rather than later, especially right after the game. And Georgia has a couple of those players, Amir White. Last season, White looked okay. You know, he was hyped up as one of the best uh, incoming running backs in the 2018 class and was hurt and had to sit out and played a little bit last year and didn't look that good. But 13 for 71, one touchdown, and that touchdown, he looked fantastic, making a series of moves, making people miss. Rakeem Boyd did not look good in this game, 21 yards on 11 carries, you know, just, you know, he's just a guy. Traylon Burks looked fantastic, Mike Woods had a couple of nice plays, George Pickens, four for 47, had a nice touchdown, so, uh, you know, it's a different Georgia team, but Zamir White, I know a lot of people know that name, a lot of people are curious about Zeus White and what he's going to be able to do this season. Off to a pretty good start, off to a pretty good start. Texas, saved by the skin of their Longhorn Hines. Sam Ellinger, a big fullback playing quarterback, five touchdowns, averaged 6.6 yards per pass attempt. Just He's just not a good quarterback, right? He's, he's a good college quarterback, but he's not a good NFL draft prospect, Sam Ellinger, that is. Keonta Ingram, 89 rushing yards, averaging 7.4 yards a tote. So he looked pretty good. Felt It It was good to see Keontae Ingram back looking good. He still was out-carried by Roshan Johnson, who's, you know, uh, I know they gave him the ball a lot last year, but he's not a better running back than Keontae Ingram. Still, we have no Jake Smith. No Jake Smith is out there. Jordan Winnington is hurt. Brennan Eagles is a fraud. I've told you guys, you're not going to want Brennan Eagles for your dynasty team, so do not worry about anybody in that Texas Longhorns passing attack until Jake Smith gets back. Malcolm Epps, one of my sleeper tight end prospects, has been non-existent this year. Uh, it, maybe he ain't good, man. Maybe I'm wrong on Malcolm Epps. I, I don't know. But he ain't playing He ain't playing, he ain't playing. well. He's not looking good. Louisville versus Pitt was a good game. Javion Hawkins broke off a couple of long runs. I've talked about him quite a bit. Very shocked at Tennessee. Tennessee, man. Tennessee versus South Carolina. Ty Chandler rising from the dead I really thought this was going to be Eric Gray's show this game and he got one less carry uh did catch a one ball for 31 yards Eric Gray looking explosive on that he got in the end zone as well in a fantastic run but Ty Chandler led the team in carries which was a tad bit surprising Shy Smith the wide receiver from South Carolina 10 for 140 and look pretty damn good doing it. We know South Carolina's highly touted incoming freshman, running back Marshawn Lloyd out for the season. So we didn't get to see Lloyd play. Smith, one of those senior wide receivers that South Carolina seems to have every year, Debo Samuel, Brian Edwards. Now Sean Smith starts out this season on a good note. But man, this 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 day was it was a good day. It was a good day for college football and it was a good day. There were some players that I learned about from some people. This is this is what the community that I'm trying to build is. It's not just me giving you rankings. If you're listening to this and thinking that I, I want you to join or I'm I'm encouraging you to join for the rankings, it's so much bigger than that. It's an opportunity for us all to grow. And there were some players. There's a guy from Liberty that I need to go check out who one of the patrons told me about. So this thing is. It is a it's truly a dynasty, Debbie, college football, NFL marriage community to help each other to to get responses, to talk things through. It's it's a fantastic thing. And I'm so glad because I'm learning about new prospects. I'm helping people learn and we're working together. We're having fun together. This is supposed to be fun, and there's nothing better than college football, especially when we have all the stars playing. So I'm glad college football is back. We got the NFL kicking off tomorrow, recording this on Saturday night, so I'll drop it Sunday. I know you guys are are trying to figure out what to do after the the week two massacre that was injuries uh, in the NFL side. But I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, telling you. Stay locked in. Keep rocking with Destination Debbie. We are going to have you one, two, three, four, five steps ahead of the curve when it comes to those 2021 picks because I'm keeping you guys gassed up week in and week out with these Prospects, so I'm hoping, uh, hoping everything goes well for you guys in the NFL today. Hope you guys start your week out on Monday. Great if you're listening to this show a little bit later. Uh, Devi stock market report will be dropping on Wednesday. Patreon.com forward slash All Gas Risers Fallers. New rankings, got to shuffle, shuffle, shuffle some stuff around. Move some people up, move some people down. But I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you dropping by. If this is your first time listening. Make Make sure you smash that subscribe button. Go over to YouTube, Destination Devi. Subscribe over to the YouTube channel. And I've talked about it. If you want exclusive access to me and the best damn Devi community on the planet, patreon.com forward slash all gas. But that's it. I'm rambling. You guys know what's next. Drop the music. Football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. No matter if you're watching those Las Vegas Raiders get a dub, or if you're checking out those Dallas Cowboys, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch. Pepsi made for football watching.